everyone, welcome to the ninth episode of the Weekly News Roundup. And since it has been a few weeks since we did this, about three weeks, this will all be from May 17th until June 6th, last Saturday, last Saturday. So, um, and we're also late recording this, right? It's just before two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, but we will be back up to speed for next week's episode, I promise. So, um, before we get started, this is sponsored by the Mission Essential Gear Company. So, who are they and what is my relationship to them? Well, it's a Marine-owned company. Everyone that works there is a Marine. Um, Most are infantry dudes. And, yeah, they sell shirts, uh, hats, tactical gear, silkies, field manuals, um, stickers, a a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that, uh... A lot of gear that active duty guys would uh, find helpful and, you know, just veteran related apparel, that kind of stuff. So I know everyone that's there. They're all good dudes. I could vouch for them. The gear is quality and it's affordable. And both of those really matter, right? Quality and affordability. And uh, yeah, he, um, sorry, the owner of the company actually gave me the chance to bring what we do over here to the website. So we run a sort of blog kind of thing on the website, right? You can find that at stayready.me. That's where you could find all their products and then our blog as well, if you're interested in that. So let's get to it. Of course, we'll start off with the COVID-19 numbers and news generally. So this began on May 17th with 4,637,000 cases. 311,000 deaths, and 1,694,000 recoveries, ended with 6,890,000 cases, 395,000 deaths, and 3,100,000 recoveries, and of course those are global numbers. Now the Congressional Budget Office in the U.S. is predicting a 30% decline in GDP for Q2, along with 26 million fewer people employed than Q4 of last year. President Trump recently signed an executive order instructing federal agencies to use any and all authority to waive, suspend, and eliminate unnecessary regulations that impede, impede excuse me, economic recovery. President Trump also declared that he will end the, relation, the U.S. relationship with the WHO, the World Health Organization, over the organization's handling of the pandemic and concerns that it has become a, quote, puppet of China. U.S. funding that had previously been allocated to the WHO will now be shifted to other, quote, worldwide and deserving urgent global public health needs. This amounts to roughly $450 million each year. Also, India has become the second country to authorize the use of remdesivir as a treatment for the virus, of course, uh, again, becoming the second country to do so right after the U.S. And Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan has tested positive for the virus, and he is, of course, the latest world leader to do so. I remember Boris Johnson had it a couple months ago, and then I believe the Russian Prime Minister, maybe Deputy Prime Minister, had it after him. With that being said, we will move on to the Middle East. On the 18th, Chinese ambassador to Israel, Du Wei, was found dead in his Tel Aviv apartment. Authorities believe that he died due to a heart issue. Chinese teams were sent to investigate, and there has been no word on the findings of those investigations as of yet. 
So, and then moving on to Africa, on May 26th, the U.S. AFRICOM announced that Russia has deployed a squadron of fighters to Libya. The squadron is comprised of MiG-29 Fulcrum and Su-25 Fencer aircraft that appear to have been repainted to hide any Russian military markings. According to the Government of National Accord, the squadron was escorted into Libya by Su-35 flanker fighters, of course, of the Russian Aerospace Forces. Squadron will likely provide close air support to the Wagner Group mercenaries fighting on the ground with the Libyan National Army. So, side note, of course, you have two sides in this Libyan civil war. You have the Government of National Accord, the GNA, which is, of course, backed by Turkey and recognized as Libya's government by the UN. Then on the other side, you have the Libyan National Army, the LNA, led by Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar, and they are backed by Russia, Egypt, and the UAE, and of course, the Wagner Group is on the ground fighting with the LNA. This has been a well-known fact for months at this point, and the Wagner Group is sort of Russia's premier um, private military contracting company, right, that the government likes to use where it can... uh, yeah, just use them as a as a sort of plausible deniability, right? Use them as a separate branch of the military almost, but they have that plausible deniability on the side because they're a private company. So moving on to the 31st, a minibus in Mogadishu, Somalia hit a roadside bomb. At least six civilians were killed. The passengers were on their way to a funeral outside of the city and no group has yet claimed responsibility for that attack. Also on the 31st, going back to Libya, a park in the capital Tripoli was hit by shelling that left 5 dead and 12 others injured. The Libyan National Army is suspected of carrying out that attack, but it's not yet claimed responsibility or been proven that is the case. The group, uh, led by, again, Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar, launched an offensive on the city in April 2019. And moving on to June 4th. Back to Libya, the GNA forces announced that they are in full control of Tripoli after the LNA retreated from all positions held within side city limits. This also includes GNA forces recapturing the Tripoli International Hotel on the outskirts of the city. And on the next day, the 5th, GNA forces entered the LNA stronghold of Tarhuna. By the end of the day, they reached the center of the town. It appeared that the LNA forces had fled the area prior still no end in sight for the conflict between uh you know the gna and the lna like i said backed by their respective countries and organizations and on the fifth france announced that its special forces had killed abdel malek drogadal the commander of al-qaeda in the islamic maghreb in mali drogadal 50 years old, was a veteran of the Soviet-Afghan War and the Algerian Civil War. He shares at least some responsibility for recent attacks in Burkina Faso, Tunisia, Mali, Niger, and likely other places. And we just put out an article on that two days ago, so head to stayready.me and check that out. On the 6th, the GNA forces, going back to Libya, took full control of Bani Walid, along with the town's airport and Al-Arban, after LNA troops abandoned their positions in those towns, and those were LNA strongholds as well. GNA forces also announced that an offensive to retake the coastal city of Sirte from the LNA is underway. 
Egyptian president Abdel Fattah el-Sisi stated that the LNA commander Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar is open to a ceasefire on the condition that foreign mercenaries leave the country from all sides. And of course, Russia, which is supporting the LNA, also backs the ceasefire. Moving on to Asia, on the 1st of June in Indonesia's South Kalimantan province, ISIS-linked militants attacked a police station. One officer and one militant were killed during the incident, and an unknown amount of attackers fled the scene after two police officers at the station took action. Added security has been placed at the station, and members of the country's counter-terror force, Detachment 88, have been deployed to find the remaining attackers. And before we finish it off with the Americas, we will take a quick break and be right back. And we're back to finish it off with the Americas. So on the 17th of May, the U.S. Space Force, the nation's newest military branch, has launched its Atlas V rocket carrying a Boeing X-37 Bravo robotic spacecraft. The orbital test vehicle, which is uh, the type of spacecraft that the X-37B is, will launch a satellite. The spacecraft is on its sixth mission, the first of which was in 2010. The X-37B is expected to conduct more flights throughout the year, so Space Force is fairly new, but already making moves. So we'll keep an eye on the Space Force for sure. And moving on to the 20th, U.S. authorities arrested two individuals involved in the escape of former Nissan chairman Carlos Goshen from Japan to Lebanon last year. Former Green Beret Michael Taylor and his son Peter Taylor were arrested by U.S. Marshals via a request from the Japanese government. Japan claimed the two flew into Japan to assist Goshen in his escape. Check out our article by our new writer Patrick Rafino on StayReady.me. And on the 21st at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi in Texas, a gunman opened fire on naval security forces outside the front gate of the base. Sailors sustained minor injuries, and the suspect was killed by naval security forces. The incident has been declared a terrorist attack, and the FBI is investigating. On the 22nd, the U.S. has expressed its intent to withdraw from the Open Skies Treaty of 2002 within the next six months. The treaty, which has been signed by 35 nations, lets the participating signatories conduct unarmed intelligence flights over each other's airspace. President Trump noted that he may come to a separate agreement with Russia in the future, and his reasoning for um, wanting to withdraw excuse me, from this treaty was him saying that Russia has been, um, you know, cheating, quote-unquote, on their end of the treaty. 
Moving on to the 25th, the death of George Floyd in police custody in Minneapolis, Minnesota, leads to mass civil unrest across the nation. The National Guard has been deployed in many states. Active due to military units, including the 82nd Airborne's immediate response force, were deployed to the area around Washington, D.C. And, of course, you could check out our full coverage on stayready.me. But long story short, civil unrest is still ongoing, but uh, order order quote-unquote has been restored to many cities um, except notably Seattle and I will be putting out an article on that here uh, today. The 29th more than a hundred sailors with the fighter squadron VFA 213 aka the fighting black lions were pulled off the USS Gerard R. Ford after a sailor with the unit tested positive for COVID-19. The Navy is the hardest-hitting branch by COVID-19 with over 2,400 infections, and I'm sure that number has risen by now. We'll finish it off here on the 31st. President Trump announced his plans to designate Antifa as a terrorist group. He claimed that the mostly left-wing anti-fascist group is responsible for much of the looting and rioting in the aftermath of George Floyd. Antifa is a non-cohesive group and would be the first organization officially designated as a domestic terrorist group. Some argue that designating a organization as a, I'm sorry, some argue that designating a domestic group as a terrorist organization is a violation of the First Amendment. And of course, I will not give my input on that because that's not what we do here, but I will let you make your own conclusions on that. So course thank you for being with us here really appreciate it again apologies for the lack of uh news roundups for the past few weeks apologies for recording this late and uh not getting in as much as i would have liked but last week we did put out a podcast with our first guest mr austin howe aka muzzle medic check it out he is a marine veteran who uh, once he got out, he did a little bit of contracting overseas, and then later down the road, he found his way to Mosul as a volunteer medic that was attached to Iraqi Special Forces. So uh, it was good. It was great to have him on, especially as our first guest. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, check it out, and we will see you guys next week with a news roundup.